Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends, Shining Time Station, the Railway Series, and any other section of the Thomas universe that you can think of. I'm Tony. And I'm Orion. And we're here this afternoon, or whatever time of day you're listening to this, uh, giving you another review of a Railway Series book. We've done the first two so far, and... Uh, it seems like we're going to be going in order of the books as they were released, which makes a lot of sense, of course. And so today we're going to be doing a discussion of James the Red Engine, the third book, which was released over the, well, over or around Easter of 1948. So there was a good um, year, uh, there was a good two years between uh, Thomas the Tank Engine and James the Red Engine. Uh, uh, apparently uh, the reverend took uh, about a year or two off uh, while he was busy uh, sorting out um, you know World War II had only ended a few about a year or more previous and so he was at a new parish and you know because he was of course first and foremost at this point at least still a pastor uh, we have to remember. And so, you know, he had to spend time getting to know his his new his new church and, you know, getting his family settled and everything. And so, you know, it's it's good, I think, that he took a year off. But then the publishers wanted a new railway series book. And uh, as we'll discuss more in depth when we get into the actual meat of the stories, this was written very quickly. It's the first book that was written by Studio Mandate. And like the other ones that we'll get into in later reviews, it kind of shows. Publisher mandate, rather. Publisher than... mandate, I'm sorry. Publisher mandate. So, but yes, as, as we'll get into with the other books, uh, it kind of shows when a story is written by publisher's mandate. So, but yes, James the Red Engine, uh, which starts off with James in the top hat. So... Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, this is, what's interesting is, is that if you look at the first, you know, the first lines of the story, James was a new engine who lived at a station at the other end of the line. Right. He had two small wheels in front and six driving wheels behind. They weren't as big as Gordon's and they weren't as small as Thomas's. Yep. Um, so what's interesting is, is that this almost seems like he's, he's thinking of starting a, a trend in terms of introducing new characters as he did with Thomas in the previous book. Right. Um, you know, uh, you know, short stumpy funnel, short stumpy dome, all of that. Um, you know, all of that uh, kind of uh, details that he included about Thomas right, right at the start of the first story of that book. Um, so it's interesting that he seems to be setting that template here as well. Although he doesn't really do that with any other character when they're introduced. Um, so it's, uh, so it's interesting that he, he kind of abandons that, um, after really after this one. Um, I'm not sure. I guess when he might do it a little bit, when he talks about Toby, um, uh, well, in the Toby book, a little bit I, because he is fully introducing a character. And for the first story, aside from the fact controller, Toby is, we're dealing with entirely new characters aside from the fact controller and his wife. But, you know, uh, so I think it's good that he does it that way. Also, you know, this is more of a reintroduction to James. And I think that part of the reason why he did that is because, you know, it had been two years since the last Railway Series book. 
And even though James was in it, he's in a totally new color scheme. And so it, it's nice to have, if, if you think about the idea that most people uh, either won't be familiar with James at all or will vaguely remember James, well, maybe they remember him fairly well if they own the book, uh, Thomas the Tiny Tension. But, you know, it's a nice little reintroduction to James in his new color scheme and really the first snapshot of his personality because we don't get much from James himself aside from having that accident in uh, in uh, Thomas and the Breakdown Train. True. And now he's, he's the first uh, engine um, on the Northwestern Railway to have uh, a different coat um, right you know he, he's red um of course in the first book henry was green but then was painted blue at the end of the book so right now all of the characters that we have been introduced to by name are all blue um but james is the first one to break that trend and he's uh, red and then later of course um we have characters introduced in a whole variety of colors yes um but this is uh you know this is a nice little first story um we talked about this story a little bit in our commentary on uh james learns a lesson the tv series adaptation right that combined this story and james of the bootlace um in that this story really i mean the first uh you know so, so much of the story is in the early railway series style in that um, you know, really the the opening of the story is really just introducing James. Yep. And then eventually we have a lot of uh, the, the repetition mm-hmm. that marked the early railway series stories. A lot of the, you know, go on, go on, don't push, don't push, don't go so fast, don't go so fast. That kind of dialogue, that back and forth between the engines and the coaches or the engines and the trucks. Um, and so it's, it's interesting um you know, the, the, that story is in this style and um, it, it's not a very strong story. Not no. really much happens no. at all. Um, um, but it is nice. It is nice that we are establishing uh, again, just like as we did in Thomas the Tank Engine, we're establishing the, the interconnected world on um, this railway in that all the engines know each other. Right. Um, and with this one it really cements it in that Thomas appears in this first story. Yes. Um, and that Thomas still has this branch line and James is still on the same railway. So it's very firm now that these, all of these stories are taking place on the same railway. Well, Edward appears in this one as well. R- right. Of course. Absolutely. Yes. And um, so now, now it's interesting to your point about um, James being, you know, the first engine to have a a different color than blue, it, it's interesting because this is uh, the, really the recurring threat throughout this book is the threat that James's red coat will be taken away, and in and in fact, at the end of uh, this story, the fat director does threaten to paint him blue, so. Yes. Right. And I mean, and really what's interesting is that the story ends on a cliffhanger. It does. Um, we, we really don't know whether uh, the fat controller is going to be upset about his top hat. Well, I mean, we know he probably will be, but, right. um, but we don't know what's going to happen to James. And so it's interesting that this, you know, many of the other stories, it, the ending may come abruptly and the punishment 
may come abruptly. At the very end of the story, it might say, and Sir Topham Hatt was cross, and he shut James up in the shed. Right. You know, end of story. And then the next episode, James has been shut up in the shed, you know, for two weeks or whatever. However long. This one is different in that we don't know what's going to happen to James, and then it's summed up very quickly at the beginning of the next story, right. which is a nice transition to talk about the next story, James and the Bootlace. It is. Um, you know, right away, it just says, next morning, the Fat Controller spoke severely to James. So right. uh, we he kind of flips his normal method and decides to leave the punishment for the beginning of the next story. Right. Um, James at the bootlace, definitely a stronger story yes. than the previous one because something actually happens. Right. Um, which is uh, remarkable. It is. For an early um, railway series story, it is, yes. And uh, something that we didn't touch on either is that this is the first book that was officially illustrated by C. Reginald Dalby. Yes, um, Who had a, you know, a difficult relationship with, um, with Audrey. But, um, but this, you know, this book again, is just colorful right out of the gate. Oh, um, yes. You know, the illustrations, not, not the strongest, not, not Dolby's strongest work at all. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of proportion issues and, um, and various errors and things like that, but that's, you know, it, they're charming and they were so colorful for that time period. Yes. Um, that, it, it, you know, some of that can be forgiven and, and in every story, there's at least one great illustration. Oh yeah, you know by doll. We even even with some wonky ones <laughs> out there, there's always one illustration that's just really really good right. and is really nice to look at. Um, one of my favorites in this particular uh, story is just uh, you know any of the ones that we see really. Uh, there's a particular one of the crowd, mm. um, and then that's gathered around the train after. Um, you know, after the, the brake pipes, uh, one of the brake pipes springs a leak. Yes. And then we see, uh, the driver, you know, kind of standing on a pedestal mm-hmm. and looking at all of the passengers who have gotten off of the train, but we really, uh, just a, a nice little crowd scene there. Um, and that, that's probably my favorite illustration of this particular story. It is a very nice illustration. Um, and of course, uh, among the crowd, we do get someone who has boot laces and, uh, rather reluctantly gives them up. And as I said, in the, uh, when we did our commentary of, uh, of James, of, of the TV version of this story, rather, um, although he's not named in the TV series, in the Railway series, he is named, and his name is Jeremiah Jobling. And that is my favorite name of any character that we ever did in the Railway series. <laughs> That's a, it's a great name. Um, yes. and, uh, yeah, and again, kind of a storybook. It's a, it's a classic kind of storybook nursery rhyme type name, right? Um, and uh, it's it's yeah, it's great. Um, and this again kind of has some, you know, more um, kind of fun uh, humor in it for adults. Yes, that, you know, it, he talks about how the passengers uh, told the guard, the driver, and the fireman what a bad railway, what a bad rail railway it was. Right. Um, but then. Uh, the driver and the fireman, they get into uh, James and they make him let off steam. <laughs> and so then they told uh, Jeremiah Joblin that he was a bad man instead. Yes. And so it's, it's funny that they go in and, uh, and let off all that steam. And again, we don't, we don't get that in the, the TV adaptation. Which is unfortunate, um, I think, but yeah. It is, yeah. But that's a funny uh, you know, thing again. And I'm not sure that that's something that, I mean, perhaps kids at the time would have uh, appreciated that more. Right. Um, you know, humor 
obviously was uh, different, but but that's a that's a nice little uh, moment of of comedy. And again, this is a, a great story and uh, definitely more interesting than um, worrying that you accidentally got some steam on a top hat. Exactly. Now, now what's interesting is, um, of course, a lot of people will know of the book, The Island of Sodor, that was written by the Reverend W. Audrey and George Audrey, which is a comprehensive history of uh, Sodor and everything about it. Uh, of course, Christopher Audrey wrote a follow-up to that called Sodor Reading Between the Lines. And he actually mentions Jeremiah Joblin not once, but twice. Um, one, once, of course, when he is discussing the, um, the stories of themselves, but he also appears in the character biography section. He doesn't have much to say about him other than, you know, what we've already done over with the bootlaces. Uh, but I really like the way that he ends the section on Jeremiah Jowling. Uh, the, his task completed, he has descended into obscurity once more, wiser, perhaps, than before. So, hmm. Yeah, it, quite quite interesting. What's, what's really interesting about this book, too, is that really the threat of Sir Topham Hatt hangs over the whole book. It does. Um, in, in that the, really all of the stories are um, just Jane's being so fearful of what uh, the fat controller will say. I mean, and that, that really applies to the previous book as well. Right. Um, uh, you know, he's Thomas is concerned about uh, the fat controller, um, you know, specifically in Thomas and the trucks. Right. Um, but this is, uh, you know, and again, it carries, it carries right over into the next story, troublesome trucks, which is the first time I believe that we do uh, that. We, that that phrase is used, yeah. um, which was a uh, you know a great alliterative phrase and was used, um, you know many many other times of course um, throughout the uh, the railway series and then uh, later in the TV series, mm-hmm. um, but um, but again you know the this story starts out James did not see the fat controller for several days right um, so he is you know uh, once again constantly worried about what the fat controller is going to do what what he's going to say um you know in the way that a child is, is worried what a parent's going to say yes um, you know and a very similar in that regard um and again he's shut up in the shed similarly to the way that henry was previously in the tunnel right um so a nice little uh, you know little call back there I, and i was going um, to say the the with what we were saying about the threat of the of the fat director's punishment l- looming over James, we have to remember this is the man. This is the same man who only two years previous shut an engine up in a tunnel for not wanting to go out in the rain. So I think that James, even if James wasn't there for that story, which you know he wasn't, but I'm mean, surely he's heard about it. And so you know James is thinking, well, if 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 Henry got shut up in a tunnel for. Uh, just not wanting to pull a train in the middle of a rain. What's what's he going to do to me when I got his when I ruined his suit? You know, so, yeah. right. So yes, but uh, but troublesome trucks. Uh, I I liked this story. You know, I mean, it's not a fantastic story, but I I enjoy it. You know, it's it's fun. Uh, it's a nice. We did a nice view of Gordon's Hill in the illustrations. Right, and I believe this is the first time that it's actually referred to as Gordon's Hill. Yes. Um, and the previous the previous time that it was mentioned in Thomas the Tank Engine, um, it just says Thomas puffed up the hill where right. Gordon had 
had got stuck and puffed through the tunnel where Henry was shut up. Yes. But, um, but this is the first time that it's called Gordon's Hill. And later, um, you know, they refer to that, t- you know, the tunnel as Henry's tunnel. Right. Um, so that again, establishes this, this world where um, rumors and, and gossip and stories of, of all the engines are, are passed around, mm. you know, around each other um, in the sheds at night. You can imagine them all talking about that and yes. telling their stories and telling new engines about that and, and things like that. And even, even here we, we see that, you know, um, little engines, you know, a little tank engine, you know, says, have you got some bootlaces ready? Um, you know, so that you know, the stories just, you know, pass through, Right. Um, this world. And, and again, it's, it's like, um, it's like children. It's like being in the schoolyard or, or something like that. Um, but you're right. There are great illustrations uh, in this story as well. Um, particularly one of James coming, uh, just going up the hill. Um, we get a perspective from the bottom of the hill and then we get a nice perspective from the top of the hill with James struggling his way up. Right. Um, pulling all the, all the trucks, but yeah, this is a great, um, a great story, and I would—it's definitely um, the best story of the book, I believe, by far. Um, uh, definitely, um, and uh, but yeah, it's it's a great, uh, a great story, and again, it kind of it, nice that we establish this relationship between James and Edward, right? Um, in in this, you know, of course, in the first story, and then in this story again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and you know, he does seem to have some uh, some respect for uh, for Edward. Um, even if he is quite vain and um, yes, irritable. Well, and and it it sets up. It's it's nice because in both this and we we could say this about as well about uh, Thomas and the trucks from Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, the both this story and that story set up early, very early on. Set up that Edward because he is right now the oldest engine on the line that the other younger newer engines do look up to him to a point you know i mean james is at least respectful to him and you know so is thomas in thomas and the trucks right absolutely um and that's a i that that's a good role for edward um in these earlier stories and then of course he um, you know, he has a lesser role, um, for a little while until he gets his own book, right. um, later on. So then he gets, you know, he, he really, uh, gets some good stories of his own. Um, but then, yeah, we move on to the last story of the book. Um, yes, and James and the Express. not one of my favorite stories. No. Um, and, uh, again, something that we talked about in our TV series episode commentaries. Um, but this is, uh, this is a, you know, it's not a bad story by no. any means. It's just not very exciting. It, it's it really two unexciting stories bookend uh, this you know, this particular book. Right. Um, James of the Top Hat, James of the Express are just two relatively weak stories. Um, well, yes, because the only thing that happens in James and the Express is literally Gordon, due to a signalman's error, Gordon gets switched onto a loop line, comes back. And then James is allowed to take the express in his stead. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And I mean, at the very end, of course, um, the fat director does compliment James. And so the, the uh, threat of having his blue paint uh, or having his red paint changed to blue is no longer there. And so that is nice. But other than that, it's basically just James pulling the express. It's, it's literally what it says on the tin. 
So, yeah. No, right. Absolutely. And this is, you know, and again, this kind of echoes the previous book in that, you know, James is new to the island of Sodor, um, you know, and he is uh, trying to kind of find his way. Right. He makes some mistakes. And then at the end, he's redeemed and he becomes, Mm -hmm. uh, he becomes friends with the other engines and uh, eventually gets to do what he wants to do, which is pull the express and, you know, go flying along the line. So that's, it it follows the same pattern that, uh, that was established in the previous book and, um, and not really used in most of the other books, but, no um but uh but he kind of he he looked at that template and saw oh, well that seemed to work or you know we we can assume and then that that seems to work for this type of engine as well instead of a tank engine who would who would start as a station pilot and then right. would get his own branch line this is a mixed traffic engine that starts you know that is always on the main line but uh you know but works with trucks doesn't like them and then right. wants to pull the express and gets to pull the express so he adapted that model for a different type of engine and, and it works it does to to a point now of course we have to bear in mind as i said at the very beginning that this book was written by a publisher mandate and so i think it, part of it might have been uh you know because they they want it rushed out for easter weekend basically or somewhere close to easter even and so, you know, uh, the Reverend's always already pretty busy with his new parish and stuff. And so I, it, I always wonder what could have been if he had had more time to actually work on, uh, on a story that he might have wanted to. Because I'm, I'm sure that there are stories that he would have liked to tell with James or uh, at least different stories than he ended up telling simply because of the short amount of time that the publishers wanted the new book to be out in. So, but this, this book, while troublesome trucks is a good story. And um, the the rest of it's just okay, but it is on record as being uh, the Reverend's least favorite book. And it's, it's the one he'd always say that he, if he could do it over, he definitely would. Right. And uh, I mean, also what's interesting is that James, of course, is seen as you know, one of the most popular characters in the TV series. Oh, yeah, and, it's by far. Um, and once they stopped using the railway series stories, um, they wrote many stories for James and, mm. and still do. But what's interesting is, is that he didn't write that many stories for James. I no. Mean, this was the only book devoted to James. Right. Um, until uh, Christopher came along and he wrote um james and diesel engines but um but this is you know this is the only book devoted to james and it's the only book um you know james appears in some other stories but he's really not the focus of any other stories in the railway series other than or in the reverend's railway series other than um buzz buzz and dirty objects and dirty objects correct um so yeah i mean other than those two um, right. That's that's really it. Um, he he has appearances in other epi- in other stories rather, um, you know, and and has major roles in them, but they're not really about him. Um, I, uh, you know, you could say Old Iron, I suppose. Old um, Iron has a lot to do with James. I do have to wonder if writing this book kind of soured the Reverend on James a little bit. It's possible, and also, I mean, James is is it's a, he's a good flavor. He is. Um, in you know, in the overall. Your mixture, uh, you know, in the overall mixture, but I don't necessarily think um, 
an, a whole nother book devoted to stories about James would have been necessary. I think, uh, I think or, or interesting. I think a little James goes a long way. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, yes. But uh, and is that little James, is that Erdl or Wooden Railway? Um, <laughs> actually, yes, it is Erdl because um, because Erdl did have very early on the keychains. And so uh, I no longer have it. I lost it many years ago. But I actually did have a little James, which was an Erdl keychain. Hmm. Yeah, I actually had a little wind up, uh, a little wind up little James um, oh, nice. as well. So that's interesting. And I, um, and the uh, troublesome truck story I had on a uh, book where you pushed James's nose and it played. Um, uh, I can't, I can't remember if it played James's theme or I think it just played the Thomas theme. Huh. Um, but when you pushed it, but it was an adaptation of troublesome. Oh trucks. sure. Um, or foolish freight cars for america right whichever you want to call it now i found it interesting here as well is that if i am correct this is uh for troublesome trucks at least one of the illustrations uh in the 90s and well actually i think it might have started in the 80s but it continued into the 90s there was uh, a, a series of pop-up books that uh, Clive Sponge illustrated, and a lot of them were based on, uh, you know, previous railway series stories. And one of them was, I believe, James and the Troublesome Trots or something like that. But uh, what's interesting is that in the in in the um, railway series book the little engine that teases James looks very similar to an E2, which, which is of course Thomas's basis. But in the pop-up book version, there is a totally different engine there uh, who is, I, I don't recall exactly the uh, basis of him, uh, but you know, it's, it's a totally different uh, little engine. Hmm. Interesting, I guess, so that there was no confusion that that wasn't Thomas. Now, of course, in the TV series, they didn't care, so they uh, <laughs> so, so they that, that, that was Thomas. But that, and that's fine. I mean, that oh, that's, sure. that's perfectly fine. Um, but the, the the main difference is is that it doesn't really make any sense because Thomas should be off running his branch line, not being a station pilot. So right. Um, so that's why it, it you know in the railway series he he shouldn't be there. So that um, so that makes sense that it should be someone else. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, it's, it's a good book. It's not, it's not, a, it's not his, I don't think it's his worst book. I, I'm not even mm-hmm. sure that I could necessarily absolutely state that any of you, know, which book is his worst book. Right. Um, this is certainly, I would say towards the bottom of the list yes. um, of the, of the, uh, original books that he did, but, um, but this is, uh, but it's not bad by any means um it's it's you know it it has some some good moments some relatively weak moments but it introduced us to james as a as a fully fledged character yes and um and further established uh the world of sodor and then um uh but unfortunately i think it really being being sandwiched in between Thomas the Tank Engine and Tank Engine Thomas again, it suffers um, because those two books are, are quite good. Yeah, it does, yes. Definitely. 
So, so yeah, yes. uh, that was our that was our discussion of uh, James the Red Engine. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, as we said, decent book, um, mm-hmm. but uh, not a masterpiece by any means. Uh, no, and and as I said, it was the Reverend's least favorite book. But uh, so, yeah, we can really only go up from here. <laughs> so, yeah, but. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, leave us a comment either on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, for Facebook, we are facebook.com uh, slash TalkingThomasPod. And for Twitter, we are at TalkingThomas1. And then, of course, you can listen to us on all sorts of places. Uh, you know, there's Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and uh, I want to say Stitcher as well. Uh, I know that our home, of course, is Anchor. So you can find us there, but we've got a good catalog of episodes and there's going to be a lot of other fun stuff coming up now that it's summer. Uh, We've got some ideas that are coming to fruition and it'll be interesting to see how those play out. We've got some very special things coming up for later on in the summer, don't we? So absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, as I said, thanks a bunch for listening and we shall see you next time. Have a good night, everyone.